0: against the release of the final report of the third respondent. Three, applicant has no legal interest in the content of the final report. Four, interim relief was sought pending the determination of the Constitutional Court application, which has now been dismissed. In the absence of a proper pending application for final relief, interim relief cannot be granted. The quote, conversion, unquote, application prejudices the mentioned respondents. In appropriate cases, this court would, however, have the power to condone strict compliance with any particular rule. The decision of ECI that is spelled E-K-E supra makes this clear. Five, the interim relief sought against the third respondent is unrelated to any of the final relief sought in the Constitutional Court application. It is unnecessary to preserve applicant's rights in the Constitutional Court application. Six, there is no affidavit by the second respondent before me. Seven, applicant has failed to establish a prima facie right to set aside third respondent's ruling of 2 July 2018 or the President's acceptance of the SARS Commission's recommendation since colon A, the Commission was lawfully established and acted within its terms of reference. 2. The interim report was lawfully issued. C. The President was empowered to remove applicant in terms of Section 6 of the SARS Act and did so lawfully and rationally. D. Applicant's employment contact with SARS provided no impediment to the President's removal of him from office. And E. Applicant was afforded an opportunity to be heard by both the Commission and the President, which he spurned with disdain. Paragraph 8. Applicant has alternative remedies available to safeguard his his rights such as they are and does not require interim relief. 9. To do so, applicant will not suffer any irreparable harm if indeed any interim relief is refused. And 10. The balance of convenience overwhelmingly favors the refusal of the interim relief in order that the Commission complete its investigations and report its findings to the President, and that the president can proceed to appoint a new commissioner to SARS. Eleven, the national interest far outweighs the narrow financial interest of applicants.
1: And that was uh, Judge Hans Fabricius, and he also ruled that a punitive cost order against Moyane is justified based on his abusive behavior throughout the court proceedings. And uh, joining us now for reaction is Tom Moyani's lawyer, Eric Mabuza. Good to speak to you again, Mr Mabuza.
2: Good afternoon, ma'am, and thank you for inviting me to your show.
1: So, firstly, your client's reaction to the outcome of today's hearing.
2: The First thing that I wanted to say is that we respect the decision of, of, of the Honourable Judge. However, we are of the view that the, the judgment is clearly wrong in many respects. One, it effectively questions the right of Mr. Moyani to, to even approach a court where he perceives injustice. The second uh, other important factor is that it gives a license of abuse of state power against an individual. You will remember that uh, even in the case of uh, during the term of uh, former President uh, Jacob Zuma, people uh, challenged uh, the former President NCF reports, uh, the release of uh, Madon Sala report. Even Against the former president, that he uh, should bear cost personally. So, the effect of this judgment is that it will have a chilling effect on the population, not just on Mr. Moyane, but the population, and will discourage people from challenging power.
1: Well, uh, so what is the way forward now? Uh, because I'm sure uh, this must have been very uh, devastating for your client, another loss. Uh, is there a way forward or is he now going to let it rest?
2: You know, if you read the judgment carefully, you will see that the judges even made findings on issues that were not argued before him or even failed to determine issues that were argued before him. For instance, the question of uh, perceived bias on the part of uh, Professor Keis or Mr. Nugent. There are other examples of that, the meeting between uh, Mr. Nugent and uh, Pravin Goddard. For those reasons, we've been given firm instructions by our client to appeal the judgment. We will now be instructing counsel to prepare the necessary papers to challenge the, the judgment.
1: So you're going to challenge the judgment, but what would you say is the probability of you winning, I mean, given what has gone before?
2: The, the reason we are challenging it is because we have the view that there are a good prospects of success one of the things that I would want to point out to you Nan, is that even the constitutional court itself, when it declined our initial application, it did not even award costs against uh, our client. On the same paper, before the constitutional court, the Lene judge awarded a punitive cost against our client. We believe that that was an overreach, that was wrong. It will have a chilling effect on not only our client, but the population to challenge power. And okay. For those reasons...
1: I just want to play that so that our listeners can get a sense of what the judge said there, Mr. Mabuza, and then you tell me where you feel the judge overreached.
0: It is clear from my judgment that the conduct of the applicant in these proceedings is particularly reprehensible. It is vexatious and abusive. Both the office of the president and the third respondent have been attacked, insulted and defamed without any reasonable cause. Allegations impugning their integrity and character have been made regardless of the objective facts. Insults have been heard at every, have been hurled at every conceivable opportunity. No reasonable or lawful ground exists for such an unwarranted attack on the integrity of the first and third respondents. No cause of action has been made out for interim relief, and the whole of the application is an abuse of the process of this Court. I cannot think of a single reason of why this application should be classified as a bona fide attempt to secure or safeguard the applicant's constitutional, common law, or contractual rights. I've set out the relevant consideration and my judgment, and on the facts of the matter before me, there is in my view no reason whatsoever why I should not make a cost order against the applicant. Not only is a cost order appropriate in this instance, but also on the punitive scale of attorney and client for the reasons that I have already mentioned. It is time that litigants realize that they cannot likely make abusive allegations in court affidavits under the mantle of safeguarding their constitutional rights on the assumption that cost orders would not be granted against them. In my opinion, the facts of the matter before me clearly show that the punitive cost order against the applicant is justified. His behavior throughout these proceedings is abominable. 45. Under the above-mentioned circumstances, the following order is made, having cumulatively considered all defects in the applicant's application and all of the considerations relating to urgency and the lack of substantiation of the requirements for urgent interim relief. The order is therefore as follows, the application is dismissed with costs including the cost of two counsel and on the attorney and client scale. I hand down this judgment.
1: So, Mr. Mabuza, that was uh, Judge Hans Fabricius uh, on the punitive cost order against your client, Mr. Moyane. So, uh, where did he overreach?
2: I'm saying to you, put aside the angry tone of the judge, the papers that served before the judge are the same papers that served in the constitutional court. The constitutional court, in its own wisdom, on the same set of facts, same set of papers, did it not necessary to award any costs the constitutional court did not even go to an extent to say the language or the allegations that we made in the papers were abusive or uh, uh, disrespectful of the precedent. The constitutional court said go to the lower court and have the issue argued there. So for the, for the legal judge to make a, an adverse co- uh, cost order against our client on the same set of papers, it's quite strange in our view. if not surprising. <laughs> Well, that's where, we, that's where we, we say that the, the, the Leonard judge uh, overreached, because right. he was not able to show us in what respects our papers were, were, were disrespectful of the president. It will have a chilling effect if uh, litigants are discouraged from challenging power.
1: So you 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 essentially are you going to then um, ask for any clarity on this? I mean, just uh, even if it is just for your own peace of mind to understand exactly where you went wrong or why uh, you don't understand the reasoning as outlined there by Judge Fabricius.
2: That is the reason why you have appealed to the higher court where you have more than one judge sitting. It's it's, it's provided precisely to deal with this situation where you are unhappy with a decision of a single judge, you either go to the Supreme Court of Appeal or the Constitutional Court where you have 11 judges, where you have a wisdom of many people as opposed to one judge.
1: All right. And you think that the probability of success will increase in that particular setup?
2: They are very good prospects of success. Remember, the Constitutional Court never said we had no merit. It said, let go through the lower courts. Okay so this now we've gone through the lower court and we found uh, we've received the the judgment that we've received which we respect but we respectfully disagree with we're saying the learned judge did not even deal with the issues that we had raised before him